Hello, everyone. This is the Parks Academy, where we discuss and celebrate all things theme parks related. We focus mainly on Disney parks and resorts in both Anaheim and Orlando. My name is Paige. My name is Steven. And today we will be continuing our Disney Artist Spotlight series. We will be indeed. Do you want to first talk about what we're excited about? What we collectively are excited about? Or what you're excited about this week, right now? Right now, this week, mm-hmm. I hmm, I am excited about Quantumania, mm-hmm. which came out this weekend. I really want to see it. It did not get the best reviews from what I'm hearing so far. Yeah. Um, But, you know, once you are in the Marvel Universe, you can't skip anything because then you get confused. So here we are. Yeah. Sucked in. Yeah. Um, I know everything about it. I read all the spoilers. I read about the post credit scenes. What the Betsy? Um, I'm tired. I, I'm What the Betsy? Uh, Marvel at this point is like carrying a weight that I don't need to have anymore. You know, it's like a burden. So I just don't really, I'm not, anyway, I, yeah, so. Here's the negativity buzzer. No, gosh, no, it's not negative. I'm not being, well, I'm being a little, I'm not being negative. I'm not saying I hate Marvel. I'm just saying I'm tired. Um, like if they released four Star Wars films a year, I would be tired. Yeah. You know, and I get it, it. it's I don't like that it's an obligation. But um anyway, we'll go see it. I do want to see it. Um I do like the Ant Man um uh like saga mm-hmm. or the arc, and I've heard that it's more of a comedy, which is good. Well, when it's um, Paul Rudd, that's kind of to be expected. Yeah. The one thing though is before we go see it, this is not a spoiler at all. I wanna watch the fun well, it is a spoiler for Loki, but you know. People have had over a year. I do want to see the final episode of Loki one more time. Right. Because that's where, and it's not even a spoiler because we've seen Kang the Conqueror in the right. trailers. So, But it picks up from there. Yeah, I want to watch that one more time so I can just get the um, a little bit more of the feeling of the TVA and stuff like that. So yeah, I, I, want, I want to see it. I just We just need to figure out when. And I want to go see it in the good theater. With a big screen. The good, good theater. Because we were going to go recliners. see. We were going to go see Avatar in the good theater, but unfortunately it was so, like the only seats left were in the front and like the, I'm like toward the aisle. So we had to go see it in the regular theater. The regular theater, like yeah. normal people. <laughs> like normal people, right. Growing up, there was this theater and I, I there was this really terrible theater in the, my hometown that was very, very old. And it was, um, it was like an old 80s theater, you know? And their smallest theater probably had like a dozen seats in it. And Jeez. the screen was very, was, I mean, it was very small. Why even go? I don't know. I saw two movies in there um, once and I hated it. I saw Madagascar 2 there, I think. <laughs> Pretty sure. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about that in a week from today, we will be in the city of Brotherly Love. And we will be seeing the Disney 100 exhibition do people know the city of brotherly love or is that just in mid-atlantic no everyone knows i knew it when i lived in california it's philadelphia well that's because i watched it's always sunny but um we're going to philadelphia um to go see the disney 100 exhibition and um i was looking online and this thing is what what almost makes me more excited nowadays is that um it's only going to be in philadelphia munich and london and so it's very very exclusive and you have to like travel to go but for us it's like a two one and a half two hour drive yeah so can't wait i've seen a couple of little things about it mickey and minnie were there um this week on the stairs like you know doing the inaugural welcome um and so I'm I'm thrilled. And next week is going to be our 50th show. Can you believe that? Wow. Yeah. 
And uh, we're going to take a quick oh, break from our series, and we are going to cover everything about the 100 um, exhibition. I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled. It's probably going to be a long show because there's going to be so much to talk about, right. and I'm really excited about it. I'm super excited about that, too. I was thinking that was like next week when I'm excited about mm-hmm. but, but The only problem is we're going on Saturday. Our show releases on Monday, so we're going to have to record this thing on Sunday, but we'll, we'll be able to figure it out. We will have it for you guys on Monday morning. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be doing a lot of editing that day. Before we jump into the intro yes. for this week, we have a confession, guys. We, hmm, okay. <laughs> I don't know where you're. I don't know where you're going with this at all. We have a confession. We have become a frozen household. Oh, big time! Yeah, big time, <laughs> big time frozen people. Yeah, we were very adamant that we were not going to be showing Frozen to our daughter, but alas. She is obsessed with Frozen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the music, the movies, the little people. It's a pretty good movie, huh? The whole thing. Yeah, I like the second yeah, one yeah. better, I think. I like them both. Lost in the Woods is my favorite song right now. Um, Steven sings it. I love it While so our daughter is napping, he'll walk around the house and sing that song. Yeah, it's great. Um, I do. I, I have become a fan of it. To be sure. So I just wanted to like tell the people because they have heard us if they've been listeners of the pod for a little while. They've heard us say that we are anti-frozen. Yep. I just wanted to confess that publicly for you all to know. We are now we're now frozen people. Yeah. We're we have we have journeyed into the unknown and we have found ourselves lost in the woods of frozen. Um, we have. We have let go. We've our let go of all of our old inhibitions, <laughs> and it is almost summertime, kind of. And some things never change. So, okay, you ready to kick this thing off? I'm. I'm so ready. All right. So we are so excited to welcome our next guest to the Disney Artist Spotlight series. We are welcoming Kirsten Judkins. She is a phenomenal artist. And while she is not actually at the Festival of the Arts, she does have really amazing Disney artwork and, and, and accessories and things that you can purchase on her website and on her Etsy shop. Um, Kirsten is an art teacher uh, and graphic designer, and she owns a small shop where she, focus, uh, so she focuses on mixing vintage and modern together to create beautiful products that are all Disney inspired. She lives up in the Washington area and she um, takes her minimal style and really just brings these little intricate details of Disney to life um, in a way that is just incredible. So we are really excited to have her on the show. And before we jump into that, I did want to say just for people listening, so you can get a chance to jump in on it if you'd like. She has been gracious enough to offer us a 10% off discount code for our show specifically. The code is the Parks Academy, all one word. We will link it up all in the show notes along with her information and all of her links. And without further ado, here is our interview with Kirsten. All right, uh, Kirsten Judkins, thank you so much for coming on to our show, taking time out of your schedule to to be with us. Um, we are so into your artwork and your designs and style and everything. And so when we were uh, working through our list of people that we wanted to have on, you know, a big part of it was like, who's at the Festival of the Arts and stuff like that. But we also wanted to highlight like 
small business owners who are doing Disney stuff and, and really kind of making a go at it. Um, and so it was really important for us to have you on here. Um, spoiler for a little bit of your your, uh, your 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 guest appearance, we have made several purchases from your website. Um, your gift tags are on all of our Christmas gifts every year. Oh, so, I love that. <laughs> so, th- so welcome to our show. We're so glad to have you here. Well, I'm so honored to get to be here. Um, you know, seeing the other interviewees that you guys are having, I'm just so honored that you guys wanted me to be on your show. And the biggest thing I think for me that I was like so honored by was when you guys told me that you had purchased a few of my items in the past, because I, I when I saw that you wanted me on your show, I was like, oh my gosh, that means that they like their products when they got yeah. them. So that made me happy. Yeah, that's Absolutely. that's so funny because I actually before we recorded, I went up to my office and I grabbed this little guy. So, oh, yes. um, for it's those of you listening, Falcons. yeah, it's like oh, I had it upside down. For those of you listening, it's like a um, vintage uh, Millennium Falcon uh, stamp sticker, and it has seventy seven on it for the price, which is perfect um, for Star Wars. It's just so it's so great. So, um, yeah, you know, your products are awesome. Oh well, thank you. That is so sweet. I'm so glad that you guys enjoy them so i love that i love that you pointed out the vintage that'll be something that definitely we'll get to talk about tonight so i'm looking forward to that awesome yeah so i will um get us started with some of the questions so we can kind of get to know you a little bit more and so that people can hear kind of what your style is and um just more about you and how you got started so let's start with how did you originally get into disney art Well, growing up, my family, we always went to Disneyland every year, like every October. That was our thing. We, um, and I still live in the Seattle area. So Disneyland was, you know, the, the one we went to since it's West Coast. And I just always loved Disneyland. And specifically, I mean, I love Disney. I feel like everyone has good memories of Disney, but Disneyland specifically is just like so sentimental to me. And I have so many great memories of that. So when I, you know, got older and became an artist and ended up making that my career, it just kind of made sense to focus on Disney and what made, you know, what made me happy and what I draw inspiration from. So it just has kind of been a lifelong love of mine that I get to still have, which I love. Is there a reason that you guys went in October every year? Yeah, so it's actually kind of funny. So my dad loves cars. He's a huge car guy. Okay. And there was a he collects Hot Wheels cars. And there was a Hot Wheels convention. I think there there still is. But we would go to this Hot Wheels convention that was like in Irvine every October. And then October is also my birthday. So we would like do my birthday in Disneyland and go to this Hot Wheels convention every year. So we really did that until kind of the recession um, yeah. hit. And in my 20s, I've made up for it and gone a lot more than once a year. That's funny. I, I only ask because my family used to go to Disneyland um, every October as well. Not every, but like when we would go, it'd be October. Yeah. And I finally took Paige to Disney World in October this last year. And it felt like, I'm like, see how great it is to go in the fall. I don't know why. It's just something about yeah. Disney in the fall is is just, I, I really like it. So I do too. And, you know, not, not as much now because I feel like the parks are crowded all the time. But yeah. growing up in, you know, the early 2000s, um, it was dead like there was nobody Mm -hmm. there to walk on to everything and especially when California Adventure was brand new it was very 
like empty and so yeah, it was a right. great time to go but now with all the halloween stuff it's super fun in october it is fun but it's like it's like way more i rolled my eyes but it's like way more crowded which is such, a, is such a shame yeah i don't you know when to like hit early october mm -hmm. otherwise you're like forget it it's just it's yeah. not worth it I don't know when Halloween became so dang popular. I don't feel like it used to be. I think social media just ruined Halloween. Halloween is like a big thing now. Yeah. And definitely Disney hopped on that bandwagon for sure. They did. And I think a lot of people that love Halloween are also people that love Disney. So just forget about it. It's like the Mickey's Not So Scary has become a huge, huge thing, which we were lucky enough to get to do this year. That was something I've wanted to do for a really long time. Um, just, oh, it was fun. Awesome. How it was, was worth it? it? It was amazing. It was. Yes. Did your daughter like it? Oh yeah, she loved it. We actually kept her up until like midnight. Yeah. <laughs> but it was worth it. It was worth it. She probably was hyped up on sugar and loved it. No, she was only ten months when we took her, so she didn't have any oh, sugar. Okay. But yeah. she was every time she sees Mickey Mouse, she has like a a mild panic attack. <laughs> Um, in a positive so, way yeah well I mean yeah so so whenever she sees Mickey she just like flips out so there was so much emotional stimulation for her that she was fine <laughs> oh that's so fun I'm so glad that you guys got to do that yeah so it was great it was great well let's move on to the next question because I want to hear so we know how you got into Disney art but where did you get that inspiration for your style of art um, well, it's actually, that's, it's kind of a funny story because I, so I'm an art teacher as like my regular job. I do graphic design and I'm an art teacher at an art school in the Seattle area. And so style is something that really, you know, comes up a lot and, and I teach a lot, but a few years ago, it was in 2019, I did an art show with um, six other artists and it was really fun because it was my high school art teacher who still is like a friend of mine and a mentor of mine and she organized this art show with like six of her previous students cool and I don't know have you guys ever seen like that inktober thing that goes around on social media it sounds familiar I think so so a lot of a lot of artists do it and for the month of October there's like different prompts it'll be like spooky is one day Oh yeah I I follow people who do that now I know what you mean now yeah 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 so people draw stuff and I had done some and so my art teacher was like hey we should do that idea everyone creates 30 art pieces and we display them and like you pick what's in your style and I kind of sat there and went what what is my style like what what is it that makes my art mine and when I really thought about it, I knew that I loved vintage. I've always loved vintage. I love old Hollywood, like 1940s specifically. Um, and then I love stuff that has a sentimental meaning to me, which for me is Disney. And so I kind of joined those things together. Um, and that's kind of how I ended up arriving at my my current style. That's awesome. That's awesome. Has your um, primary art medium always been drawing like paper pencil or have you dabbled with other things before you got into kind of the digital with graphic design? Yeah, so I took art classes for years. And so um, it was a more classical training. So you learn everything like watercolor, chalk pastel, acrylic. And that's what I teach now. Like I teach all of it. And so I kind of like know how to use 
all all the mediums, but my favorite is I love using gouache, which is something if you guys are familiar with Anne Shen's work, she uses a lot of gouache. Um, but it's a really great material that kind of is in between watercolor and acrylic. So that's what I cool. use a lot of, but now I do digital art a lot. That's interesting. That's awesome. I've never even heard of gouache. Yeah, a lot of people haven't. It's kind of fallen out of favor, but now with Instagram and illustration being popular, it's kind of resurged again, which makes me happy because oh, I love I it. Yeah, that's, that's cool. Awesome. And like with like the so much so many advancements with digital art, you can almost mimic any style you want to on like a Procreate kind of tool or whatever yeah. it is you're using. So that's that's really cool. Love that. Yeah, it's so fun to get to do a little bit of everything. Yeah, I bet. I bet. And you've like parlayed this whole hobby into a business. I mean, that's, that's really cool to us. I mean, it's, you know, that's, that's really cool. Would you, uh, what what was the decision behind doing that? Like, like taking your artwork and and being like, this is good enough to sell. I I don't know if you had that thought, but that's essentially what it is. So, I mean, that's, yeah, what was was that? Totally. It's still funny. I mean, I still now sell stuff and I go, I can't believe someone else likes this, you know, someone else who wants this. Mm -hmm. And it really is something that I set out to do. I mean, I still have like a quote unquote regular job um, and I just do this in my free time, but it just something that kind of kept evolving. And I really just saw a huge gap. I'm sure you guys probably saw this sometimes in the Disney parks, the merch can be cheesy Mm -hmm. and I I didn't really find like more adult minimal type stuff that I liked. And so I was like, well, I might as well just make my own and it kind of just evolved from there. Yeah. That's one of the things that originally drew me to your artwork. Funny story real quick. You were actually kind of the reason that we started this Disney artist spotlight series. I know you were like, we had all these big name interviews, but it all started with me saying, let's feature some of our favorite artists. So like, I'm going to start by reaching out to Kirsten because she's like my favorite person on Etsy. Gosh, um, I'm so honored by that. You have yeah, no idea. Absolutely. And a big part of it is just exactly what you just said. It's that we are adults who love Disney and we don't always love some of the cheesier Disney things. Um, yeah. We love the classic Disney products and merch and art, but the minimalistic style is just something that's not out there everywhere. So um, that was something that we really were drawn to. And also the vintage style. Um, when I was looking at what we wanted to do for our Christmas um, wrapping paper and labels and everything, I saw that you had the Christmas stuff. I was like, this is exactly what we would mm-hmm. pick. Like, this is what we would pick. If I was an artist, I would try to do something like that, but I'm not. And so that's what you're for. Yeah, it was funny too, because um, when Paige showed me what she's got, I'm like, wait, you didn't get this one pack that I really wanted. So you can like go back and buy more. Um, and then we did buy more. Yeah. <laughs> so. Oh my gosh. I love that. It's, I really didn't know how much the vintage would resonate with people. I mean, I, I just, I love so many vintage things. I mean, I collect like vintage head bases and I love all the, the older movies, like I said, and stuff. And so I was kind of like, I don't know if this is just sort of a me thing, Um, But I was like, well, I love it. So I'm just going to do it. And everyone has commented on that. They just have such a good feeling, you know, that that vintage vibe kind of brings. So I love that that connects to other people as well. For sure. Yeah. And what I like about that too is um, 
mixing any kind of you know your style with pop culture is, is such a smart move right now because everyone's buying into pop culture mm-hmm. um and like uh, from the most obscure things like for instance i don't know if this is we'll get to the, your your new collection but one of the things that you have i don't know if it's newer or older is that astronaut mickey silhouette from star trader from the neon so i don't know yes. if that's in i don't think that's in magic kingdom but i know it's in disneyland i think it was um, i think i saw it this last yeah. trip Oh, is it in both? Okay. But anyway, like I, when I saw I that, it immediately wondering. took me back to like, oh my gosh, yeah, I know, I know what that is. I, I know, you know, that's, that's the Star Trader Mickey that kind of moves. Um, and yes. so there's such a market for like painting your own style over something that pre exists. And um, I feel like more people than we think have the same taste as us, um, mm-hmm. even though we may want to like think we're unique and, and no one's like us. <laughs> Uh, so many people, you know, they share our loves and interests and, and, and when you can bring your own personal style to that, like that's huge. So it's, yeah, it's really, that's really cool. Yeah. I love, I love finding those, um, specific, like little things around Disneyland or Disney world. Um, you know, like the star trader sign that you go, Oh, that maybe isn't the first thing I think of when I think of the parks, but it's something that you can look at and go, oh, I know exactly what that is. And I actually really love that. Yeah, I love right. those little elements. Yeah. So speaking of having this side hustle, this business that has really taken off, what has been one of the biggest challenges for you? Um, I know that you have this full-time art teacher job, but for having this art job on the side, what has been the biggest challenge? I think something for me that ended up being harder than I expected was doing everything yourself. You know, like you have to find the manufacturer, you design the product, you order it, you have to take all the listing photos and list them, um, you know, and launch it and all this and then pack them and all that stuff. And so that ended up being a little bit harder where you're like, oh, this actually, this isn't my strength. The design is. Mm -hmm but all of the, um, you know, organization and like, and photography is not my strength. And so parts of that have been really fun to get to push myself and go, okay, I have to be more organized. I have to work at this. And then also sourcing out things to other people, um, like different photographers and stuff to have them shoot it and kind of do what I do best so they can do what they do best. That's such a smart way of thinking about it. Um, I like, because a lot of our guests have just been like freelance artists and, you know, they work directly with Disney or whatever. They're not really doing a lot of all their own packaging and promotion and stuff like that. It's kind of happening yeah. for them in a lot of ways, which is, which is amazing. I mean, that's, if you can get it, that's great. So great. Um, but I work, I, my, my real job, I don't podcast for a living. I wish, um, but my real job is I represent a lot of small businesses with marketing and, and digital, you know, appearance and stuff like that. And so it's very t- on this show, it's being very difficult for me not to be like, oh my gosh, you're you're doing it really well. Your photos look great. It's right in your style. Like everything that you're doing falls in line with something that I would tell one of my clients or prospective clients to do. Um, so, I mean, you're, and even when you said like um, that you're learning how to farm things out to people, I almost clapped because that's like so important to not stress yourself out and to, um, you know, like you said, focus on what you're good at. And if, you know, your design yeah. is so great, you don't want to burn yourself out with it. So that's, um, that's huge. That's, that's, that's a huge, um, that's a huge step in business. So that's, you know, congrats. I mean, I don't want to, I'm, congratulations. What am I saying? Um, but like, that's just props to you. That's no, really I, cool. to- I totally know what you're saying. Yeah. And that's kind of the fun part of it growing 
is getting to, you know, tap into other creatives and go, okay, I, here's my, you know, colors, here's my vision. And now you take it and do what you're really good at. And so that's been a really fun part to get to work with other creatives on that and kind of see their vision and see, you know, how they would envision it and get to get to incorporate that as well. So I love getting to work with other people on that. That's really cool. Love that. Absolutely. So this has been a pretty big week for you. I've seen on your social media, you have just done a rebrand and released some new items. So could you tell us a little bit about your new collection, your rebrand, how how your designs have sort of been changed a little bit here? Yeah, absolutely. So I feel like kind of 2020, like January of 2020, before everything COVID happened, I had decided, okay, I really want to do this. You know, I actually want to devote time to doing this shop and marketing it and all that stuff. And obviously COVID allowed me the time to do it. And so I feel like each year since then, I've kind of figured out what's working and what I like more and, and all that stuff and kind of um, narrowing down what I'm doing a little bit. And so this rebrand that I just did, I really narrowed down wanting to do more vintage, more specifically like 1950s and even into the 60s, kind of some of those mid-century modern style into my artwork, Um, but then really heavily mixing that with minimalism and, you know, lots of more plain backgrounds and modern colors. Like I've been using a lot of this really, I know you guys can see it, not on the podcast. I love that sticker. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank you. This super like dusty blue, which is a really popular color. Um, And I actually found it from like this Pinterest photo of these matches. And I just like pulled the color from it because I just thought it was so beautiful. And I just think that it's such a fun modern color that mixes so well with vintage. So it's just been doing a lot of like I'm doing more jewelry and just more of those vintage stickers. Um, I did like the Disneyland mailbox as a pin and as a sticker because I yeah. love like those little park elements. Yes. Yeah, I loved some of the new stuff in your and I really liked the washi tape too. That was so cute. Yes, I was excited to finally get to do that. I'm kind of this year I'm gonna be branching out into some new products. So um there'll be some more things like that coming. Awesome. That's very cool. This episode of the Parks Academy is brought to you by Deep Cut. They are makers of handmade wooden home goods and decor, record displays, wall shelving, and accessories. Their clean design, quality materials are easy to install and are sure to bring life to your home. We have many Deep Cut products in our home, including their floating U-shelves and their flip record display shelves. Their quality is unparalleled, and we are so, so happy to have them as part of a sponsor for the Parks Academy. And of course, I'm not just saying this because it's on their website or because it's written down somewhere for me to say, I genuinely love, love, love these products. Their record holders especially add so much vibrance to your space and really pronounce your collection. Um, Additionally, their shelves, we have them in our bedroom and in my office, and they are just such a great way to show off your style and, and really, you know, show that you are also invested into quality like them. As a special offer, they are offering listeners of our show 10% off their order. 
Use the offer code TPA10, that's TPA, like the Parks Academy, and then the number 10 at checkout. We really encourage you to check these guys out. Again, Deep Cut is amazing. And thank you so much for coming on as a sponsor for the Parks Academy. And now back to our interview with Kirsten Judkins. So tell us about your favorite piece that you've done. It could be from the new collection. It could be something that is not available anymore. What do you think is your favorite piece that you've done? I feel like in terms of products, probably the charm bracelet that I have. I have like a charm bracelet with different um, icons of the park. So I have like the Dole Whip and the castle and the Mouseketeer ear hat and, and different ones you can pick from. But I just, you know, I'm a child of the 90s, so charm bracelets were a huge deal. And I always was like, oh, that would be so cool to have a Disney charm bracelet. Um, and so, and I've seen other people, you know, do them, which is so great. I love that the Disney small shops, there's so many people doing amazing things and are so supportive of each other. But I was like, it would be fun to get to do my own spin on it. So that's probably been my favorite. That's awesome. Yeah, because I mean, other people could make Disney charm bracelets, but this one has that vintage style mm -hmm. with your design. And so I think there, there's not really competition. We can have more than one charm bracelet. <laughs> Absolutely. And so many people, that's been such a fun thing about doing this is so many people that even make kind of the same products in our quote unquote competition really aren't in the Disney community. Like people are so supportive and so, um, you know, kind to each other and are really rooting each other all on and, and really there's plenty of space for everybody. So I love that everyone can do their own take on everything. I think that's so fun to see in art. Right. I love that. I, a handful of the Etsy shops that I have followed, a lot of them are Disney artists. And I buy stickers from several of you guys because they all do have a different style. Some of you, like you, have more of a vintage style. Um, one of the shops, I buy their Halloween stuff because I like the way that she does the Halloween stickers. Some of them, it's more of the phrases. And so it's cool that each of you guys kind of have your own niche, even within the Disney art world. It's like you can tell... Um, that your particular style of art bleeds into the Disney art. So that's what makes you guys each unique. It's awesome. Yeah, I love that. I think there's there's so many ways to do, you know, you can all draw the exact same thing and we all are working from the same, you know, material. We're all doing a castle or whatever, but it's all going to be slightly different colors mm. or a different style. So I think that's so fun to get to see. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I'm going to let Stephen take over and ask a couple of the personal questions that we didn't send you about your favorite things. Okay. Yeah, this has been a really fun segment for us because I like interviewing people, but like it's also fun just to get to know folks too. And I'm sure that you know our listeners would love to um, hear a little bit about your Disney taste. So we're going to start off by asking you, what is your, uh, what's your favorite Disney ride? Okay, this this is so hard. I mean, that's like picking a favorite child. But I I ha probably have to say Pirates just because that one is the first one. Every time I'm in Disneyland, I always go to Pirates first. It's just a classic. But I do also love Indiana Jones. That one is a, a top ranker for me. Mm -hmm. And I know Disney World doesn't have it, which is so yeah. sad. You've been, you've been to Disney World, right? I, I've actually only ever been one time, but okay, I, okay. I really want to go again. Um, 
but you know florida is like a long way for you're the Seattle opposite life, corner so. yeah right 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 yeah, yeah it's just like so easy to go down to and i have an annual pass so i just end up going to disneyland but i do really want to go back to disney world you know more as an adult and kind yeah. of experience that but when was the last time you were there it was a long time it was 2006 okay yeah so it's been a minute yeah so it's been a while um but yeah, Indiana Jones, that's a top ranker definitely for me. That's if it as long as it doesn't break down, that's a great ride. I know this last time that I or no, the time before that I went, it broke down. And so you have to get evacuated off of it. Yeah. That's that's a whole thing. It's always it kind of dims the magic, you know. You're like, I don't want to <laughs> yeah, see what right. it looks like. Right, right. Exactly. I still like I still inexplicably duck whenever the boulder's coming at you, even though I know it's fine and I'm not going to get decapitated. I always just kind of still like, you know, lean down a little bit and just in hopes that I'm not going to get hit by a boulder. Um, that ride is so good. And I, yeah, it's it's great. It's funny. Cause I we, know, were, I, we were good. Oh, I was just gonna say, I just I love the Indiana Jones movies. So I think there's just some of that, too, that I love. But it's just such a fun ride. Yeah, in Disney World, because I had never been to Disneyland until I was an adult. Um, we have the Indiana Jones Spectacular. It's just a show. And I've always loved that show. I don't know if it was there when you went when you were younger, yeah. but if you get a chance. Um, it's super fun. And the Indiana Jones ride is very similar to the dinosaur ride in Animal Kingdom. But better, right? Well, the Indiana Jones ride is better than ride. So when I was in Disneyland for the first time, I was super excited to be able to combine my love for Indiana Jones with my love for the dinosaur ride. And it definitely lived up to the hype. Yeah, that's one of those that should be in both parks because like, I think people would really like it. I think so. Yeah. It's funny that you said that picking a favorite ride is like picking a favorite child because when we were interviewing, um, uh, when we were interviewing uh, Jared a couple weeks ago, um, I, I told him my favorite ride was, what did I say? I think I said like star tours, which is true. I love that ride. Mm -hmm. And then we got off and I'm like, ah, oh, but I really like the Matterhorn. So it's funny because oh, like, you, there's you never know, a good option. Like there's never a good no. answer. And you're like, do you pick a, a classic, you know, or do you pick a new one? Because, you know, you're like, well, Rise of the Resistance is so good. And Matterhorn mm -hmm. is good. And Big Thunder is good. You know, like all for different reasons. Right. So, right. It's so hard there. You can't compare them. Yeah. And when you said pirates, I thought, well, yes, she loves classic and vintage things. And pirates is a classic that fits the whole aesthetic there. So I thought that made sense. So being a, a Disneyland person, are you a Blue Bayou person as well? You know, I'm not a fan. I think it's kind of overrated. Let's just say whatever you want. That's fine. I'm, I'm not going to get mad. I'm I'm honestly like not a huge Disney like food person. Like I think their snacks are great. I mean like Dole Whip, hello, so good. Yeah, 100%. Their food like we always ate and even still now a lot of the time when I go to Disneyland I go with just my mom. Like her and I will just go together and we eat most of the time in downtown Disney mm -hmm. just because the food you're like mm, eh, it's not like there's certain places I, I hear like, that. I hear that. Food's kind of like not killer. There's, there's far fewer big restaurants in Disneyland and, and DCA than there are in Disney World. That's for sure. When I was growing up, I don't know why we did this, but we would hit up the Denny's across the street sometimes. 
<laughs> yeah, no, as a kid, we would like go to other places or yeah. you know, in and out on the way back to the hotel or all that. And Disney World people will never understand spending a day in Disney and then going to Denny's afterward. Like that is such a <laughs> California absolute pleasure that they don't get. So Oh totally, right? Walking back to your hotel, like they, they don't like understand a... what that's like. Yeah, and it's like it's like two miles away or whatever. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. After you've walked all day and then you're schlepping it back to the hotel at like right. 10 30. Because we don't have the money to stay in the expensive um <laughs> Disney property hotels because <laughs> they don't have value right. resorts. It's like $800 a night or nothing. Right. Um, I know. I know. It's so that's crazy. so funny. So I have a feeling I'm going to know your answer, but I'll ask anyway. Do you have a favorite Disney park? Well, Disney, I, I have to go Disneyland. I mean, Disney World is cool. And like I said, I really want to go back as an adult. And, you know, it's so, I feel like you can't compare them. One is, you know, Disney World's really a resort Disneyland is that like original magic, but I always get mm. so offended when Disney World people are like, oh, it's so small. Like, who cares? And I'm, I, yeah. I, I, it's just not the same. Disneyland is so special. Mm -hmm. So Disneyland's forever my favorite. I'm the, I'm the exact same way. Like, I would say Disneyland is my first favorite for sure. And then I would say like Epcot would be my second. You know what? No. Hollywood Studios would be my second because they also have Galaxy's Edge there. So I'd prefer yes. to go there oh over anything gosh. else. But like, yeah, but I'm I'm with you on that. I I'm I've never been a huge like promoter of Magic Kingdom and saying it's my favorite. Um, but no, Disneyland is there's literally no shame in saying Disneyland's your favorite park. And people that yeah, say it's small, it's like it's like it was built in Anaheim. What do you expect? <laughs> Walt didn't sneakily buy all these properties and acres to, you know build this giant kingdom so and it's special you know like it's just i don't know i feel like there's a different like magic there that there's just kind of a different feeling you know like i think disney world you do go for the the park experience um and this could just be my take on it but i feel like Disneyland, you kind of go for the feeling like you just people just go and hang out you know and not even really ride anything but it's just fun to be there and hear the main street music and smell the pirates water yeah i heard someone say one time i don't remember where it was but the, like disney world is like a tourist park and disneyland is kind of like a personal park where it's like locals and stuff and everyone kind of wants to be there um yeah. like you don't really typically hear people moving to la to go be near disneyland but you hear everyone like moving down to orlando to go be near disney world so it's like if you live within like spitting distance of L.A., which for me was like the San Francisco Bay Area, it was still like, oh, yeah, that's my place. I just go down there and that's what we do. Um, so, yeah, oh, I, yeah. I, that, that makes total sense. In, and like in Seattle, everybody went to Disneyland, you know, because it's like yeah. a little over a two hour flight. And so I was going to say it's so close. <laughs> yeah. Oh, totally. Like a lot of the time, even now you know, we'll go down like on a Tuesday afternoon and, you know, you're there and eating in and out by 6 p.m. and go ride mm -hmm. like rides and then go back to the hotel. So it's definitely easy for the whole West Coast to get down there. I just want to um, just say on the record, we love Disney World. So I'm not knocking Disney World at all. <laughs> oh, I think it's Disney a great World. park. I Disney love the buses. So cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's huge. Like, how can you not go there and just be mm -hmm. like, this is insane. And Disney World has way better food options. So I'll give it that. Yeah. And I feel like you get more bang for your buck when you go there because there's so much to do. Um, 
I just wanted to make sure no one was offended and thinking we're hating on Disney World. So that is not the case. Oh, no. I will choose no, it all really? the time. Yeah, Disney World's great. And it's nice that it's kind of all in one. Like, it's that whole immersive experience. Disneyland obviously just can't have that because it's small. So they're different. You can't compare them. You love them both. When, um, I don't remember, I think it might have been the first time that we were in Disneyland together. We were riding at the time Mickey's Fun Wheel, now Pixar Pal Around, which is just like a terrible name <laughs> for a ride. Um, and we got up to the very top of the of the Ferris wheel, and Paige is like, I can literally see people's backyards. And I'm like, Yeah, well, you know, welcome to uh welcome to it. Whereas like if you're on the um the 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 sky train, what's that called? Why did I forget that? The name of the thing, the zip line, the freaking gondolas. What are they called? The gondolas? Yeah, and oh, the, Skyliner? The Skyliner. Whoa, I don't know. How, I was going to say the people mover. Anyway, if you're on the Skyliner and you look around, you're like, well, I can see the top of Everest. I can see the top of the castle. Like, you can. I see this resort. And then you're like, resort. other than that, it's just um, woods. So that's it's crazy. Yeah, the it's difference is wild. Impressive. Yeah, like in California, you walk from your hotel and you're like, oh, there's the back of Cars Land. I can see the outline of the mountains. Yeah. Right, right. That's so funny. Um, do you have a, a favorite Disney movie? Mm. Again, that's so hard. I love, I feel like the first thing that comes to mind, I mean, princess movies, I love Beauty and the Beast and Mulan because Mulan was like so cool. So I loved that. But then I really love, so I love the Aristocats, but then I love Emperor's New Groove, which people either are like, yes, that's the best ever. They're like, I've never even seen that, which is very offensive to me, but I love I think Emperor's we're about New the Groove. Same age. So I think we're yeah, talking about probably. the same films that we grew up with. I was actually going to, if you didn't say Aristocats, I was going to be like, so then what's with the Aristocats stickers on your website? Because I saw those and I was like, only someone who's dedicated to that movie would make stickers of cats in a teapot. I, I love the Aristocats. I always loved the Aristocats. I had like a Marie plush stuffed animal as a kid. For some reason, that just like really hit the spot for me. I just <laughs> loved the Aristocats. It just did the trick. The one thing that sticks out to me about the Aristocats is when the, um, I don't remember his name, but the mouse comes out with a Ritz cracker and dips it in milk. Um, yeah, when I saw that as a kid, I could like, yeah, I could like taste the cracker and I was like, oh, that'd go down so smooth right now. <laughs> a little cracker and, and cat milk. He brings that scene <laughs> up randomly all the time. Yeah, I have That's these like weird the like, I have like these weird visceral memories of, of things that I've seen on movies and television shows that I can like smell and taste. Um, and I don't know why, but I just can do that. And so it's a really, really strange superpower that, that I have. That was really meaningful to you, obviously. Yeah, huge. I have some other very meaningful cartoon moments in my in my formative years, but I'm gonna not talk about those on the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad Roquefort about... made the list. Yeah. Oh, big time! Yeah. When I think about the Aristocats, all I can think about is when somebody overlaid Lizzo on Marie playing mm -hmm. the piano. Have you ever seen that video? No, that's so it's, it's very good. After this. <laughs> It is hilarious. We'll have to send it to you after this. I was going to say we could put a little clip okay, of it yes, in our show, too. but then that would just be a Lizzo song. So, <laughs> Yes, definitely send that to me. I know Perhaps I always, when I, think of, when I think of the Aristocats, I always think of them like playing the piano, you know, 
know, with the paint on their paws. <sighs> that stressed me out. out <laughs> what was? I the... guess it spoke to the the artist in me. Who was the? Who was the? Um. Who was the antagonist in that movie? Like, what was their what was their conflict they had to resolve? Because I only remember them just chilling, and O'Malley just kind of being this cool dude, and that old lady who sang like "Sha Ra Ra Boom Dee" or whatever. What was the conflict? Like, what happened in that movie that made it worth watching? Because I don't remember at all. They like took. I, it's actually been a long time since I've seen it, but the you know Duchess, who's like Ja Ja Gabor, the the white cat, mm-hmm. is like the cat of the rich old lady and. I think they steal the kittens okay. to like, I don't know if it was ransom them or what. I can't quite remember, but you know, then they have to get back home um, and Thomas O'Malley like has to help them. But I know okay. I, I just said it's one of my favorites and I'm like, what was the plot? Well, and they have like the scene when all the cats like play blues music. Um, yes. Paige and I are considering, we've talked about, cause we have this Patreon thing that's like not really doing anything. Um, and we've talked about maybe trying to jumpstart it a little bit by doing like, you know, watching Disney movies and talking about them in real time. So if we do that, maybe we'll have you back on and we'll watch the Aristocats and like talk about it while we're doing the show. I think that'd be really fun. And the more I'm thinking about it, the more I'm kind of thinking we should do like fever dream Disney movies and talk about them. Like what was going on back in those days? (laughs) I know, honestly, that, that movie has so many like weird cuts that like the blues scene that you're like why why is this in here other than have to have a catchy song but i kind of don't mind because it's a catchy song so who knows that would be a live action john favreau picture i would like to see but like don't let the cats talk just have them just walk around and do cat things yeah honestly like forget lion king get to the aristocats (laughs) we often talk about how bad the lion king remake was Oh my gosh, it's so bad. And John Favreau is so good at like everything. I I just go, what, what happened? Just go back to doing the Mandalorian, and we'll be happy. First of all, John Favreau's a genius for a lot of reasons, and if for nothing else, it's because he went to Marvel and was like, I would like to make a superhero movie about one of your weirdest, most obscure superheroes in an iron suit, and they're like, okay, I'll see where it goes. So genius. Um, uh, I think. I actually believe that the Lion King, this isn't, this isn't gospel, but I think the Lion King was made because they wanted to push their technology and see how far it could go. And so I don't think that it was like a moneymaker as much as it was like, we have all these cool, like new technologies that we want to push and make new movies with and do things with. So here's what it can do. And then was it like, they have that big, um, I always forget the name of it, but like that room that they have with the video screens where like the character where oh, people can like volume. the vol. Yeah, that's it. Um, I think that they were using that kind of technology and like motion capture and stuff to film that. And I, I think that's why it was made. That, that being said, it could have been a documentary. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know what was going on with that, but that was just very disappointing, but mm-hmm. I just wanted to do more star Wars stuff with Dave Filoni and I'll be happy. <laughs> Yeah, that was another question that I had for you. Um, we've kind of covered all of our question bases and we'll ask you to promote stuff. But um, I saw that you did a sticker with um, Ahsoka. Are you, an, are you, I'm assuming you're an Ahsoka fan, yes? Oh my gosh, yeah. So Ahsoka is my favorite. So I have an older brother and we like loved Star I mean, he loved Star Wars. And so I just grew up with it. And, you know, like in the late 90s, early 2000s, when the prequels came out, 
they were just a huge deal. Like episode two, I don't even know how many times I watched that as a kid. Probably a ridiculous amount because um, it just was my favorite and Padme was cool and all that stuff. But once I watched Clone Wars, you know, now I feel like everyone's like on the Ahsoka bandwagon, which yeah. honestly I'm happy about because she's awesome. But when we watched the Clone Wars, my brother was like, hey, this character is going to be super annoying at first. And then you're going to love her. And I was like, okay, well, she's kind of annoying in this show. And then as it kept going, I was like, no, she's the best (laughs) character. So I love Ahsoka. She's my favorite. And then when she appeared in The Mandalorian, I was like, just kill me now. This episode is the best. I have to admit, I didn't watch the Clone Wars animated series until two years ago. Um, okay. I'm a huge Star Wars fan. Huge. And I'm not a purist. It says like only the the originals are the good ones. I grew up on like the prequels as well. And the first time I actually ever saw it, I saw two in Disneyland actually at our hotel on like a really janky television. We went back for like a break. And so I think my parents must have rented it back when you could like rent movies in hotels that were in theater. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we watched it there, but yeah, I, the first time I ever put on the Clone Wars was probably like six or seven years ago. And I watched the first part of the episode and they had the narrator and I was like, nope. And I turned it off. And then a buddy of mine was like, you need to watch this. Like you need to just get into it. Um, and so now I have like four Ahsoka pop figures in my office and, um, yeah, I'm a big fan. Yep. Ahsoka is the best and I kind of had that same thought when because my brother had watched it like from the beginning I mean he's like Star Wars super fan way way more than I even am and he was like okay it'll take a minute to get off but like trust me this show is so good and it gets better like the further in you get and I kept watching and I was like oh yeah this is really good (laughs) I similarly like didn't watch Rebels for a long. Sorry, this is a Star Wars po- Star Wars podcast now. That's okay. Um, I I just <laughs> I'm hijacking it. Paige is like working know. on a novel over there. Um, I, I I put off Rebels too because I was like, this animation is so crude and terrible. I don't want to watch this. Um, and Rebels is just, I mean, forget about it. It's so good. Um, but I also didn't realize uh, yeah, the magic of Dave Filoni at the time either. And he's just. We should have your brother on the show. Um, maybe your brother and I'll do an episode. Um, oh, but yeah, no, he's, he's, a, he's magic. It's so good. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Dave Filoni. Like, I feel like he just totally gets Star Wars. Like he himself seems just like a Star Wars nerd, which is perfect. Like that's what you need. Um, and, you know, he kind of gets in. I feel like Star Wars is the best when it's kind of a little bit weird, you know, and there's all these weird characters and stuff. And he kind of just leans into that, like, with like Asajj Ventress and all all that like quirky kind of more in-depth Star Wars stuff, right. which I think is so interesting. And all the Mandalore episodes are just mm-hmm. off chart so yeah. good. There's an interview with him where he's talking about where he almost starts crying talking about the scene in um in Jedi when when the when Palpatine's like, you know, you like your father are mine or something like that. Um, and he like gets really emotional about it. I'm like, dude, you really, really like this show, these these movies a Loves lot, a it. lot, a lot. Yeah. Um, okay. But it's really on great. A side, on a side note, have you ever seen? Maybe it was in one of the Mandalorian roundtables. Now I can't, I can't quite remember. But when he talks about the duel of the fates, yeah. And, mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, that 
is just like so good and he talks about how it's really about the fate of anakin and Paige, of good this and is people. the lava oh, fight in so revenge of the city Thank i just want to make sure you, okay so Paige is a harry so if you talked about harry potter right now Paige, i would i would leave the room and go get a water and Paige would talk to you all day long um well i've never seen like... it or read it well if you ever change your mind then we can talk about Harry Potter. I'd be happy to go as in-depth as you guys are going about Star Wars with you about Harry Potter. I have only seen the Star Wars movies like once. And they're her favorite. She loves them. Yes. I actually like them. I just am not super into them. Like, I didn't grow up with them. My brother's younger than me, so he was, like, too young for any of the Star Wars movies to be excited about them. He was, like, too young for the prequel prequels and then, like, too old for the Ray series. Correct. Mm-hmm. So yep. that's a bummer of a place to be for sure. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I think you do kind of have to hit on it being a little bit nostalgic. And apparently it hit, ticked all my boxes. So <laughs> yeah, that's exactly, that's literally yeah, exactly how I was. Sure. Like, I'll even go back and watch um, Revenge of the Sith and be like, this is actually pretty good. I love, like, honestly, I mean, some of the dialogue is a little bit cringe, but like, when a little, you, you can be honest. It's, it's really bad okay <laughs> it's pretty bad. it's pretty bad but honestly the more i watch them the more i'm like oh these actually are kind of better than like episode nine but i like the scene when obi-wan is crying over anakin you know to saying you were my brother mm-hmm. that just gets every time i'm like oh that part is so good i started watching um i've been on a kick of danny boyle films um like his film like train spotting and and uh, shallow grave and stuff like that um and a lot of them are very ewan heavy because they were like british film in the 90s and it's so funny to watch young ewan mcgregor and things that aren't star because my first introduction to him was star wars and so now yeah. watching him and a bunch of other things you know that he was really 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 good in and in, like his early 20s is very fun um he's great they're all great he's the redeeming part i feel like of the prequels like everyone it's just universal that everybody loves Obi-Wan and Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan. Yeah. All right, I feel like I feel like we've really, really gone off the rails here. Yeah, so. I know. We've, we got so far off on Star Wars, so That's we'll okay. get back to the Parks podcast. I'm yeah. sure we have tons of Star Wars fans, though, who will appreciate this little banter. Yeah. So we're just going to conclude by asking you um, is if there's anything that you want to promote. So... We we talked about your new collection and stuff, but and we're gonna link to everything in, in our notes and, and stuff like that. But um, if you want to talk about what you want to promote, we'd love to love to hear about it. Yeah, so I think just mostly that my like newest collection is all on my website, um, which is KirstenJudkinsDesign.com. But one thing that I do love to tell people because it's something I'm super passionate about is that a portion of all of my sales um, go to sponsor children in West Africa. So sponsorship provides clean water and education and healthcare for kids. And the two organizations that I donate to, one I actually used to work for, um, but they are very much invested in, uh, we don't take over, but we just provide what these kids need so that they can transform their communities and really make an impact in their country because they're the ones who know their country. They're the ones who love their country. We just want to come alongside and help them. And so that's something that I'm like super passionate about and love to let people know that their purchase also is helping to help other people. 
That's awesome. That's and we'll, we'll link those organizations in our show notes too, to make sure people can hear about them and learn more. Um, well, cool. Well, um, well, Kirsten, thank you seriously so much for coming on our show. We, we really liked having you here. And um, we're, we're actually, we're, we're, we'll hit you up about the Aristocats thing. So I think that'd be a good time. Um, yes. So yeah, so thank fun. you so much. This has been great. Oh, it's been so much fun to do this with you guys. Like I said, I'm so honored that you guys wanted me on your show. And it's always so fun to talk about Disney. Always up for that. Absolutely. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much. Yes. Thank you, guys. All right. That's going to do it for us. Thank you again so much for listening. And Kirsten, thank you for being a guest on our show. If you want to find Kirsten's designs and shop her products, you can go to kirstenjudkinsdesign.com. And there, again, if you use the code, the Parks Academy, you'll get 10% off your order. Um, her stuff is amazing, and we are so happy to have her on the show. So again, thank you so much for all of that and for providing our listeners with the code. Uh, if you want to find us, we are on Instagram at the Parks Academy. We are also releasing episodes early on our Patreon page. You can find it there or in the show notes or on our website. And finally, if you would be uh, willing to leave us a good review online, we would really appreciate it, whether that is on um, you know, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. That would be super appreciated. And finally, thank you for the sponsor of our show, Deep Cut. Uh, go check them out. They've got awesome stuff. And again, you can get 10% off your order with Deep Cut with TPA10. Thanks again for listening, and we will catch you next time. Mm-hmm.